VU Medicine. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello, love Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Well, look who's Hello, coming through our door this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.09, nine minutes after the hour as we get underway for the second hour of our big gig. Let me welcome to the program U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Senator, good morning, sir. Hey, Howard. How are you doing? Let me check. I'm fine. Um, how are you doing? I mean, that's a sincere question. How are you doing? You had to make some good. difficult decisions here. How are, you, how are you feeling about all that? I did good. I, I feel good. I really did. I've been thinking about every way I can be involved and continue to help my state and, and help my country, which I'm very much concerned about right now, democracy as we know it, and the state of politics and the state of people's minds. I've been going around the country with my daughter and Americans together, and we've been listening and talking and hearing uh, what people have concerns about, and it's uh, kind of frightening. Is that where maybe your next arena of effort is, is working on that Americans Together project? Or, you know, you're, you're, the, you're one of the, Senator, I've known you for a long time. And mm -hmm. you're one of the busiest people I know. You're running up and down the halls of the Capitol Hill. You're traveling around the state meeting people, traveling around the country now meeting people. I can't see you just, you know, hanging up your spurs, so to speak. What are you going to do? No, no. that uh, I really, I'll be involved. I'm going to be involved in always trying to do better and help, uh, help West Virginia make sure that uh, we have an ability to take care of ourselves and have opportunities. And, you know, I said this, if my country does well, my state does good. If my state's doing well, my country's doing well. Uh, I just think that the tone of what we have, the, the uh, lack of civility, of respect, decency, whatever you want to call it, uh, is leaving, and they're trying to make this the norm. The hatred, uh, the name-calling, uh, the attacks uh, are supposed to be the norm in the politics today, and it's not. there's nothing normal about this, Howard. We've got to get back to where we can agree to disagree respectfully and go on to the next uh, challenge that we have. And I've said this so many times. I said, you know, there's more of us that are all together than, than they're separated. People are upset and mad about things, but they're getting so much misinformation or too much information that they can't process it. So either they're confused and upset. And what we found going around the country is majority of the people, Howard, are in the middle. They're center-left, center-right. They might be a part of the grand old party, which basically was really grand and wanted less government and more accountability and, and was fiscal hawks. And the, uh, the, the, the true blue uh, Democrats that we all grew up, uh, a lot of us grew up as, as being uh, compassionate and responsible. I uh, said so I'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate, which I think most of West Virginians and most Americans are. We found that to be so true. And they just feel homeless. They don't know. I don't belong to the Democrat Party the way that D.C. is playing Democrat and, and the way that the Republicans in D.C., are playing Republican. That's not who we are. We're not extreme left and extreme right. So we're trying to let them know there's things you can do. There's a lot that you can do, but you're going to have to do it outside of Washington. Well, let's talk the about that. Models, let's yeah. talk about that. What what can we do? I mean, I, I'm nobody would agree with you more than I do. I mean, it's it's, it's a mantra that I've yeah. said on the show for, for a long, long time. We are way too divided. We need to get back to finding 
reasonable disagreement, you know. Yeah. And how do we? How, but how do you do that? You 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 well, identify the middle. How do you get the middle to the, the quote the middle to do whatever it is you want them to do? Go to the polls or become community activists yeah. or whatever. Well, first of all, what they need to do is make sure that they're electing the people that are like-minded. Yeah. You know, the character of the, the, character of the candidate, uh, the man or woman that you send to represent you, is going to do everything and say everything about who you are. And if you allow people just to go because no one else is running and you're not recruiting anybody, if you have a primary system that's closed and only the Democrat machine or the Republican machine can control it, decide who's going to be uh, who they're behind and, and who they're not behind and kind of uh, – Putting their thumb on the scale, we need we need uh, what we call majority uh, majority voting in our primaries, ranked choice voting, getting people that aren't connected to the political machine or don't have the wherewithals, money, to be involved and make a difference. And you, you know we're losing, we're leaving a lot of good intention, well intentioned people out of the mix. They just don't know how to get involved. There's no pathway for it. That's the first thing. Next of all, if you look around the country, 300 and maybe 80 to 85. Uh, of the 435 congressional districts in Washington are already cooked. They're already going to be a D or an R there. If Donald Duck's a Democrat or Republican in a certain district, a Democrat's going to win or a Republican's going to win. That's not diversity. It doesn't give us any uh, any choices whatsoever because the ideology is already cooked in the way they drew the line. That's gerrymandering. That needs to be changed. And third, I think it's time for uh, – for us to have term limits. I've, I've, I also give it to a lady in southern West Virginia talked to me one time. Maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago, I was at a town hall and conducting it. She stood up in the back. And she said, Joe, I really wish you would consider to, uh, term limits. And I said, well, I gave her all the reasons why I wasn't uh, supporting it and why I thought it wasn't going to work. And she said, uh, and I told her, you know, you're there's a lot of the quality people that have experience. And she finally looked at me and said, she said, Joe, think of it this way. If there were term limits, maybe we get one good term out of our elected officials. They're down to that. Just give me one good term. So I've come to the conclusion. I said, you know, one 18-year term for the Supreme Court of America, 18 years is enough. One six-year term for presidents so don't run for re-election. They can do what's right for our country, not be afraid of what's right for their political destiny or their party. Two six-year terms for the United States Senate and six two-year terms for the House. Um, I like to start a movement across the country. Considering that, I think we can we can change it. Don't give up. That's the most important thing. And my message is, don't give up. We are control of our destiny. There's 60 percent of us that believe that we can work together. We can still be the United States and not allow this to continue to divide us as the states. Senator, you have tried very hard the last few years to find compromise to find the moderate ground the middle ground in the senate for example yeah you haven't had a great deal of success let's be honest about it if you had some but not a great deal of success i mean well 117 last the last congress howard I, I hate to interrupt you but the last congress will go down as one of the most productive congresses that we've ever had in the history of of uh Congress, 117, because we passed so many monumental pieces of legislation. The, the, the point I was getting to, I think, and, and you're, you're, you're absolutely correct, and there have been some very positive things that were done in this last session, uh, but I, I, I'm going back to your, your comment sure. that maybe the effort needs to be from outside the political arena yeah. first. Maybe the yeah. changes need to come outside. It, it, not, not just talking to the people who are in office and try and find a way to work sure. with them, but to bring a broader perspective to the to to Capitol Hill. 
No, you're absolutely correct. I, I don't believe that when, and I understood that, you know, I didn't really realize that until in 2010 when Robert Byrd died. And I was in my second term, you know, I loved every minute of every uh, hour of every day being governor because I could do something to make, make somebody's life better. Right. Uh, you know, and I truly enjoy public service. I enjoy doing something that I think would help uh, people have a better quality of life and always have tried. Uh, but it got to the point to where when I was said, okay, I'm going to run and take what we've learned and what we understand and what we've been able to accomplish in West Virginia and take it to Washington. And I felt that, you know, that's the big leagues. Okay, now I'm with all the top people around the country. And when I got there, Howard, I felt like it was, I saw the squabbling of the little league. I said, what happened? This is not how we do things in West Virginia. It's not how we do things anywhere in the country to be success. But uh, they just kind of forget. Washington gobbles you up and thinks that you've got to be like them, and that's the business machine. And I never did adhere to that. I told Harry Reid that he doesn't, he's not my boss. Uh, he didn't elect me. He didn't hire me. And he can't fire me. I only have to answer to the people of West Virginia. So whether I had a D by my name or an I or an R by my name never changed what Sen- my purpose was. And I was pretty outspoken about that. Senator, um, look, you know, we in the media always like to put a name to something. You know, this this idea that. Well, now you're going to just sort of be an amorphous force for good. I'm, I'm not, not being funny, but you, you know. <laughs> sure, I know. Um, I know what uh, is this, that's too hard for – we're looking to peg it to something. Uh, how are – what mechanism do you plan to use or do you think you yourself, Joe Manchin, could use to begin to bring about some of the changes that you want to see outside of Capitol Hill? Well, first of all, you know, you don't, you don't denigrate anybody. People that support Donald Trump are doing it because they believe that something is wrong and different. He's willing to change. Um, what they have to do now is they, if they don't have the option to something better, they'll stay where they are. People that uh, support the Democrats and Joe Biden truly believe uh, with his compassion and this and that that he's going to basically um, help all people, even though I think he's gone way too far to the liberal side. And it's not functioning well, and it's not being received well, and that's why he's not getting credit for things. We didn't fall into a recession or a depression, and and we're producing more energy than ever before, and we're investing in more clean technology than ever before. Uh, he you know, he's having a hard time getting that message across, and I start looking at okay, the thing of it is, is people don't have options, they don't have input. They said, well, out of three hundred and approximately forty million people. This is what they're giving us a, re, a rematch, and we didn't have much input. And I use this analogy, you know, when certain people can't even can't even participate because the primaries are closed, they've already made their decisions. The Democrat business machine in Washington and the Republican business machine have already picked their candidate, and no one need apply. It's just not the way the system works, or was intended to work. And remember this. George Washington said in 1796, and I think if you go back, well, you know, with history's accurate, it says that George Washington only wanted to run one time. Yeah. And because of all the discourse between, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Madison and Hamilton, mm-hmm. and he was afraid that they their, their discourse would destroy the country as they were getting started in their infancy, that he ran another term. And then he said as he was exiting, beware of the political parties, for it will for they will usurp the power from the people. He was concerned in 1796, and it's not changed. Senator, a couple of real quick things. I know you have to run, but uh, 
I want to go back to deciding not to run for president. First of all, we yeah. we talked about your decision not to run for re-election. Now, not to sure. run, not to not to put yourself into the ring for president. Talk to me about that thought process. I, I listened to you talk with Hoppy Kirchhoff this week, sure. and and I don't want to get personal here, but the sense I got was the accident that your wife was in, that Gail was in, was a big factor in kind of I don't say awakening awakening you, but really made you think hard. Am I right about that? Oh, you're 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 absolutely correct. You know, first of all, the good Lord was watching over Gail. She was on. She was doing her job, and she was down in Birmingham, Alabama. And they were taking. She was driving and riding in a car with one of her fellow workers, going to a uh, uh, Appalachian Regional Commission work, workshop. She'd be speaking there, and they got rented a car at the airport and drove down from uh, from the uh, excuse me from the airport in Alabama, going down to into Birmingham. And there was a high speed chase. Uh, cops were chasing a criminal down, and he was going pretty fast and ran through a stoplight and T-boned him. Mm. If he would have hit three feet further on the front door, he hit right behind Gail on the back, almost tore the back end of her car off she was in, tore the front end of his car off. And if it had been three feet further, Gail wouldn't maybe not be with us. And yeah, it does put you in a different mode. What time have you spent? How much time? Uh, there's an old uh, QTL. I don't know if you ever heard the slogan QTL. No. Huh. Quality of time left. Oh, okay. And sometimes you think about that, and you want to start thinking what's important. The process that we live in is what we hand over to our next generation, our children and grandchildren. So you need to always be involved if you have a little bit of knowledge and ability and, and the understanding of trying to make sure that democracy, a representative form of government, uh, will succeed, knowing it's still an experiment when people own their government. And I, I think I can help there a little bit, but I've never looked at it. The, side, the other side is the enemy. And for so many reasons, now we're, we're weaponizing the system. Uh, we're making, if you're a Republican, we're weaponizing it to where every Democrat's your enemy. And if you're a Democrat, it's been weaponized that you know, the Republicans are all your enemy. And that's just not who I am. And it's not who the country is. I've found that out. So if I can help them anyway and try to, with our PAC, if we can help them organize a little bit better to use the power of the moderate middle, sensible, what we call a sensible middle, to where they'll use it for the good of our country and making sure we get encourage good people to get involved. And uh, and only only oath I would if I'm supporting someone anymore, first of all I want to make sure that they look at everyone in a homogenous way, that we're all together. There's no enemies here. We might have different ideas, but I don't care what your name identification, whether D or R an I or a Green Party or whatever it may be, you're welcome into this great uh, concept of ours called democracy, and, and we need everybody all hands on deck. So those are the things. And then I would also ask the person, I'm only asking for one term. Let me tell you, the hardest thing I have hired is recruiting good people to run, to getting good quality people involved into the mix. Well, Senator, in this day and age with the environment that we have, who wants to run? Who wants to be a candidate that whose uh, family life is dragged apart in campaign ads and whose record is yeah. distorted? And so who wants to run? Well, that's a small price to pay for the great country and opportunities we have in this free country of ours. And I look, I've always looked at it that way. It's getting so toxic now, I do understand. But if a person says, wait a minute, before you destroy me, I'm only going to be there for one term. I'm definitely, I'm putting, I'm putting a term limit on me. I'll guarantee you I won't be there for longer than two terms. You know, we got to get people there saying, we need this good person. That's all crap what they're saying. He's not going to make a career out of it. 
and on and on and on. I, I don't. We're looking at so many different variations. My daughter and I, and talking to people and trying to get that right mix right now. But you know, uh, so many people want to be in office for the wrong purpose. So I always said this: Yes, a uh, West Virginian can shake your hand, look in your eyes, and see your soul. We can pretty much tell if you're BSing us or not. We can tell if it's about you and self-service or public service. And that's what we got to get back to. But so much information and misinformation, and you can just attack any way, shape, form. But what's the alternative, Howard? Well, if that's, we don't yeah. need to fight, what's the alternative? Well, we're, we're watching democracy slowly die, and, and we've got to find a way to fix it. I don't disagree with you at, at, in the t- tiniest bit. Senator, last thing. You have some months left to, as, to, as a U.S. senator. What, what do you intend to do with those months? I mean, do you have any pet projects you'd like to see, uh, any pet projects, pet bills you'd like to see passed? Do you have an area oh, of yeah, issue that sure you're concerned do. about? Yeah, what are they? I sure do. Well, the main thing right now is get permitting finished. I'm, I'm chairman of energy. I'm trying to get the permitting. I've got some some of it done. You know, we've, we've been able to accomplish a lot. And uh, the IRA, uh, people have been misaligning that, the Inflation Reduction Act. But, Howard, when you think about it, Inflation, when we passed that bill, and I wrote my staff and I wrote the energy portion of that, but it, basically it was a 9%. Gas was at $5.01 average around the country. We brought inflation down to 3%. Gasoline now is in a $3 range. It's up and down. It's been lower, like 280 290 and at least we've got it stabilized because we're producing more energy. We're creating more opportunities. Look at what's happening up in the northern panhandle. I know that we just seen Cleveland Cliffs. We're working hard. We've got other people coming in. <laughs> We're hoping to get a tariff protection so Cleveland Cliffs can get opened back up. So I'm working very hard on that. But there's a lot of things that's been happening, and people just don't know. So I want to make sure the opportunities that we have, and people know, there's more jobs right now and more demand for jobs. New Core Steel on, uh, down on the river, the high river. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. The amount of companies that are coming, them supply companies, it's just unbelievable. There is not going to be a lack of opportunity in West Virginia for the next many generations, I believe. We have the ability to resurrect ourselves as a manufacturing juggernaut. I'm doing all of that and making sure that the tariffs, the laws, and how we do it and bring manufacturing back. And that's really what the IRA did. But you know what happened? It was only a Democrat-only bill. It yes. was not intended that way, but it's how it ended up. So the Republicans are trying to misalign it and, and generate and, and explain why they didn't vote for it. And now they're finding out how much it's doing for all of our states. And I won't tell my Republican friends, that bill that we put together was after five years of working on a committee with my Republican and Democrat friends. They have as much input on that bill as anybody. And I wish they would accept it, and let's just move forward. But anyway, those type of things there. And uh, and getting good people, you know, you've got a good man running for, for my seat as the mayor, Mayor Elliott. He's just yeah. a tremendous young man, and he's done an awful lot. So those are the type of people you want to get involved. Senator, you want uh, to encourage those people to jump in there. Yeah, you know, your, your point about the Infrastructure Act, for example, you know, David Kinley was a Republican who chose to support the Infrastructure Act because he said it was good for West Virginia. And he got clobbered in his next election. I mean, and that, to me, that epitomizes where we are with our politics these days. Do the right let thing, just, do the right thing, get yeah. clobbered for it. Howard, let me just say this. David McKinley is one of the most honorable people I've ever served with. We had our, we might have had some differences politically, 
but we had a tremendous relationship and a tremendous friendship. He and Mary and Gail and I still do. There's not been a person who has served. The purpose of serving was for, for public service. David did it every minute of every day. The loss of the Upper Ohio Valley, uh, David McKinley not being there, is, uh, is tremendous. I, I feel it every day. He was my, I could call David and say, what about this? He'd give me his point of view, and then we'd try to find the middle and move forward. David did the right thing for the right reason. He paid the price, but that's, about, that's public service. There's yeah. not a man that basically served more honorable than David McKinley. He paid the price of not getting reelected. That's a small price to pay to preserve democracy and do the right thing for public service. Well, I, I, my I, hat is off to my friend. I couldn't agree with you more. And in fact, I, I was talking to Dave over the weekend, and um, we were chuckling at how you know Dave and I were very far apart in politics. We disagreed, yeah. but we always disagreed agreeably. You know, we were able to discuss well, David, things. David, 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 Dave, you know, David, David's just David. He'll get right there, and he has so many facts and figures. He's so smart, and he gives you all this. And then we say, David. But I just don't believe that's the right way to go. Yeah. He'll say, well, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And then we'll start working and find the middle somewhere. And, you know, he's just, uh, I, I just miss him dearly every day. Senator, I've kept you too long, and I do apologize for that. But No, no, this, Howard, this is wonderful. It's, this it's, is, good, time. it's good time. Here, here's my great fear. As you uh, wind down your political career, I hope we'll still have a chance to talk again, you know, as time goes by. Oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to do this. I want to keep you informed on what we're finding out around the state of West Virginia. Our state has, you know, there's not. Our state is basically experiment. It's, it's truly a, a working experiment in democracy. How we have changed from a state being over 80 percent registered as Democrats and not being able to find any Republicans to even fill seats and run for seats, to a state now that's over 80 percent Republican and you can't find Democrats. It's unbelievable the switch. What happened? How did it happen? So we are a case in study. Uh, that you know, this is what happens when. When maybe a national party loses sight of what their uh, what their direction should have been, and I think that uh, I've said this when they said the war on coal and leaving people behind, Barack Obama, for some reason, never he and I just had some uh, disagreements and pretty some pretty uh, uh, deep disagreements. How he was able to declare war on coal but not have anything to replace the big the good jobs that came with it, people's lives. And that's what people retaliated about and it just lingered on. So we've come out of that. We've got an awful lot of opportunity, transition, natural gas is coming, the hydrogen hub's coming, and um, MVP is putting more product in the market. So it's going to guarantee that we're able to help the rest of it, especially the south, uh, the southeast, uh, uh, to help them with the energy they need. So there's a lot going on, but we paid a price for it. But politically, it's flipped. I'd like to see our Republican uh, friends and, and the leaders of the Republican Party, and I look at the centrist, uh, the center, uh, center right maybe uh, would be more so than the hardcore right. And if not, it'll change again sometime. But you know, let's see. You know, we got to work together for a balance. And these are all my friends, and I'll I'll work with them any way I possibly can. Senator, I really appreciate your time. I always appreciate the work that you do. And uh, please keep in touch. We will chat as time goes Good by. Um, Good luck to you in the future. And I uh, uh, hope is Gail recuperating okay. She's doing well. She's still got some bruises, but she's doing very good, and we're very, we're very blessed. I have my blessings every day, but you, you hit it dead on the head. That was one of the uh, bigger reasons that I thought, well, maybe there's a different type of quality of life that I can uh, enjoy a little bit with my family, but also that I can share my uh, experiences with and still talk about, hey, it's a wonderful world we have. There's not a better country in the world. And the United States of America is still the leader of the world. We are 
Uh, they say leadership is a dealer in hope, and we are a dealer in hope. We just have to make sure we get it back together again. Well, Senator, you're always welcome on this show. We can talk politics, okay. or we can we can talk television or food or something, something, whatever. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> Howard. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You've been a tremendous voice up there and allowing people to express their opinion, but also being an open voice. And I think what people hear, and they, they get it directly, and you've been uh, wonderful doing it for so many years. Keep doing it, buddy. You're too young. I'm a little bit older than you, so you're too young to give it up yet. <laughs> Thank you. I feel I feel old, but I hear what you're saying. Thank you, Thank you Senator. Thank you, uh, we'll t- Thank hopefully you. we'll talk again soon. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it very much. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. U.S. Senator Jay Manchin. Uh, Jay Manchin, what? He's, Maybe a combination of Jay Rockefeller. I've already, I've already forgotten his name. Ah, Joe, Joe. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Let's take care of some business and maybe reflect a bit on what we heard him say. A couple of things struck me as interesting. Well, all of it struck me as interesting, but a couple of things I made some notes on. Uh, we'll do that coming up. But first, you want to do uh, headlines? Let's go to the newsroom. Ohio Valley headlines from WTRF TV. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for this Wednesday, February 21st. A deputy was injured and two cruisers were damaged in Marshall County Tuesday night. Sheriff Bill Helms says it happened around 10 p.m. Helms reported that they were responding to a call about a stolen SUV that was pinged by GPS at Kansas Ridge Lane in Moundsville. Although the vehicle wasn't found at the reported location, it was spotted heading toward nearby Roberts Ridge Road. When the driver saw the police, he sped off, sideswiping one cruiser and ramming another head-on during the chase. Deputies say the driver, 23-year-old Colton Caruso, then tried to escape after leaving the car and was caught by a deputy. He is currently being held in the Northern Regional Jail and being charged with two counts of malicious assault, possession of methamphetamines, and various traffic offenses. Meanwhile, the old Hemfield Railroad Tunnel in East Wheeling, now called Tunnel Green on the Heritage, has been closed all winter because bricks have been falling inside this 220-year-old structure. It's a popular spot with nearly 100,000 visitors in the last decade, but fixing it up is estimated to cost more than $500,000. The good news is that the Wheeling City Council is planning to put $84,000 toward its rehabilitation. They're working with an organization from Johnstown, PA, and the goal is to get it ready for pedestrians again. The plan is for the contractor to fix the parts of the tunnel that are run down to allow it to open back up. Then, over the next several years, Council will budget funds to provide deferred maintenance to Tunnel Green to keep it open for another 200 years. 7 News is your local election headquarters. Ohio's primary elections are just around the corner on March 19th. Early voting is now underway across the state, and if you're thinking about an absentee ballot, you can request one until March 12th. Stay with 7 News and WTRF.com for complete election coverage. That was a look at your 7 News headlines. I'm Rebecca Little. Have a wonderful Wednesday, Ohio Valley. Raekwon Battle gets big, and the Mountaineers snap their losing streak. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger 
always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It was sweet revenge for the Mountaineers as West Virginia knocks off the Knights of UCF 77-67 to snap a four-game losing streak and to avenge a loss to the Knights in Orlando last month. It was a balanced scoring effort for West Virginia in a game in which it never trailed. WVU led by Raekwon Battle, who finished up with 24 points on 7 of 15 shooting, including two three-pointers. Jesse Edwards went with a double-double, the big man in the middle scoring 15 points and collecting 10 rebounds and a double-figure effort for Quinn Slazinski, who finished up with 14 points and 4 rebounds. West Virginia's zone defense was key in this game, continuing to force UCF to put up 3-point shots. The Knights attempted 70 field goals in the game and 38 of those came from behind the 3-point line and they struggled there, finishing up shooting just 24% from three-point range. For the Mountaineers, good balanced shooting. WVU finishes up 48% from the field on 26 out of 54. They hit 7 of 14 three-pointers. Obviously, that's 50%. And they were absolutely key from the free-throw line in the final 5 minutes and 49 seconds. West Virginia converted on 12 of 14 free-throws. Final score? WVU 77, UCF 67. Coming up, a two-game road trip for the Mountaineers. They'll play at Iowa State on Saturday and Kansas State next Monday. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caruti on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Joe Manchin's theme song. I can help. If you got a problem, don't care what it is. You need a hand, I can assure you this. I can, I can help. help. I got two strong arms. I, I can, can help. help. It would sure do me. Don't you, isn't that kind of like his, isn't that sort of the message he was giving there? Sometimes it works out, Howard. That's the message I heard. You know, I, I can help. I can help. I want to help. Um, first comment is it was very clear from this interview what you and I had heard with the Hoppy interview. The accident of his wife was a huge factor in him 
making his final decision not to run for president. You could you could tell it in the way he talked. You could I mean he he repeated it there again at the end. He goes, "You're right. That was a, that was a big factor." We heard that when he was interviewed by Hoppy a couple of days ago, and we talked about it, Bob. But I, don't you think you could you could hear it in his voice that that was a major factor in what he did. Well, even before the interview with Hoppy, you and I, we just stuck with the facts. You know, what are the facts? Well, his, his wife was, was banged up, but very, very lucky. And we all look, I mean, some more than others, Howard, we all look at the years where we could just do what we want to do, spend time with our family. And that probably really did hit home. I, it is a phrase I'd never heard before, but QTL, quality of time left. There are only, you, you have to be in a certain position to be thinking about quality of time left um so I, I i think that was a again you can tell from the interview today and from hoppy's conversation with him the other day that was uh, that was a huge factor i i, I am still not 100 percent sure exactly how he intends to implement his his ideas but i like his ideas i think he's right what we can't just keep doing is i mean we've got gridlock on capitol hill in charleston in the public in general, we've got this side and that side, and never the twain shall meet. All we do is fight with each other. We don't agree disagreeably. The days of the Dave McKinleys are not around anymore. The solution can't be to try to force more agreement on Capitol Hill. We've got to work from the outside. And I, I think he's got good ideas. I don't know how he or anybody else implements them, but I think he's I think he's got I think his concept is good. You can't do it from the inside. You got to do it from the outside. I think just like uh, everyone at home, just I just wanted to listen to you and him. But if I could have jumped in with one question, or if I would have jumped in with one question, I think this is what I had to ask him. Three months from now, if uh, if President Biden asks you to come to the White House and says, "Joe, I'd like for you to be on the ticket with me," would you accept, or would you continue this quality of time left? You know, we've speculated about that, but I, the more I'm thinking about it, I, I mean, it's a good question. Should have asked that, I guess. The more I'm thinking about it, I think that this is a bigger issue than what's his name. It's, it's what I said to him. We in the media are always looking to, to, to name the next step. Oh, he's not running for re-election for the Senate. Therefore, he must be planning to run for president. He's not running for president. Therefore, he must be looking for... I'm not sure there's a, there's a way to fill in the blank right now. And you ask him, Howard, and he had the he had the chance to say, Howard, I'm going to be retired, and that means I'm going to be spending more time with Gail and our children and their children. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to be retired. He didn't say that. No, he didn't, and I don't think he's going to. I think he's uh, best guess, wild guess. Not a wild guess. Semi-informed guess, and based on some of the conversation. We what had are there. you, Madam Zelda, in there making this? Well, it's no, wild no. guess. You mean Dr. L <laughs> Dr. Yes. Dr. Linda? I call her Zelda, you this. call her Linda. I should call her. I should call Dr. Linda and have her, uh, the psychic we had this week. No, I, I think um, I think what he may end up doing, he and Heather, his daughter, Heather, have been working on this pack. I guess you would call it a pack, this, this political group trying to seek out the middle and find a middle ground. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't end up being part of an organization. It's called, what do you call it, America Now? There's a name for They have a name for it. In fact, Toppy couldn't remember it yesterday, so I don't feel so bad. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't where he lands. You know, he's got a desk in an office someplace with America Now and, and oversees efforts to try to bring about some of these changes like maybe, he didn't say specifically, he talked about this last time and he mentioned it again here, ranked choice voting. Uh, different ways to recruit candidates and so on. I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't where he lands. Um, 
it's a more philosophical position. It's not directly political, but it is in politics. Uh, I, yeah, he, he didn't say, I'm hanging it up. But I do think he said he wants to spend more time with his family. And I thought it was really cool of him uh, mentioning Glenn Elliott. Yes, now, he that. could maybe, if Mayor Elliott's listening, he's probably thinking, well, help me, Joe. Then, you know, help me campaign. Then. Uh, in the political world, you have to be careful about using the word endorsement. So I can't say he endorsed Mayor Elliott. But he certainly said very positive things about Glenn Elliott. Uh, you know, what do you say? You have a great man there who's, who's running to replace me. Um, you know, he's a smart young man. I mean, again, endorsement has a very specific meaning, but that was about as close to an endorsement as you're going to get. And, and Howard, we both know what an uphill battle that is. Maybe an impossible uh, uphill battle that that uh, Glenn Elliott is facing. But it would go a long way, I think, if Manchin would take him around the state and introduce him yeah. to the, the folks that supported him and could pick up some support that way. I don't know if Manchin is willing to, you know, in a primary, generally you don't see the incumbent taking a side. But clearly he was supportive of Glenn Elliott. I mean, he That's was, what I heard. And I didn't ask him about that. I didn't ask him to take a side. I didn't ask him anything about the upcoming race. He's the one who brought it up. Um, so I, if I'm the mayor, and he's probably, look, the mayor's probably already talked to Joe. So, But if I'm the mayor and I'm hearing that, I'm going, all right, <laughs> okay. He said some, some very positive things there. Um, so he's got, what, eight months left? Today's February. He's got to the end of the year to work on Capitol Hill, to work as a U.S. senator uh, in the current Senate. Um, clearly he wants to focus on some of the energy issues that he has not yet been able to fully push through. Uh, he's going to continue his quest around the country, looking for the middle. Uh, and then where will he end up? Where will he end? I don't know. And certainly in our area, I think er every area of the state of West Virginia, you'll see an Irma or a Robert C. Byrd building. Will we ever see a Joe Manchin building? You know, that's a it's a great question because Manchin's legacy is a little bit different than, than Byrd's. For one thing, Byrd's legacy was very much quantifiable in dollars and cents, you know? I mean, Bird brought probably billions. Some called it pork, Howard. Well, and 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 it was pork, and, and that's okay. You know, I, I think pork got a bad name. You know, um, but it, so all this was—it's quantifiable. You know, he brought the money to build a new wing at Ogilvy years ago, and they named it the Robert C. Bird Wing. He brought the money to build new buildings at Wheeling Jesuit University when it was Jesuit University, and now it's the Irma C. Bird Center. Intermodal, isn't that got his name on it also? It does. I, I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> you're right. He brought the so, – the, so I guess to your question, which is a good one, Bird's legacy is a little bit different. His legacy is a legacy of bringing the pork, bringing, the, bringing home the bacon, so to speak. Manchin's is more of policy and how he dealt with policy. Uh, will he reach the iconic status of Robert C. Byrd? I don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody can. No, I don't think any anybody can. But, um, anyways, I found it to be a, a worth. I, I found it to be a worthwhile conversation. And the other thing, no, again, I thought he was being really sincere. And it's early in the morning, and I have no idea what kind of night he had. Sounded a little on the tuckered side of me too. Yeah. Just you know, just I've, I've done it, and it's time to uh, to let it go. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, he's you know. Trying to think, when did he first? He was Secretary of he's State. He's older than you, Howard. Yeah, he's seventy-six. He is older than I am. That's funny. One of the first people in the show to ever say, "Howard, you know, you're younger than I am." You're a young guy, Howard. I don't hear that very. 
I want to say, but Senator, generally speaking, you got a lot more energy than I do. I think the last time someone said that was Santa Claus, wasn't it, Howard? (laughs) But um, I I found to be I found to be a worthwhile conversation. I, I just I felt like we were. I mean, Manchin rambles, I, I mean, in a good way, not a bad way. But I felt like we were hearing him say the things he wanted to say, you know. I thought it was quality uh, talk radio because I thought it was just great conversation. Howard. Yeah, absolutely. It's a dozen till the hour. If you all have thoughts on uh, the Manchin conversation or on Manchin's legacy, on Manchin's future, uh, you can speculate like the rest of us can at 304-214-1600. Happy to have you on the uh, Frio Stack auction service text line. It's 848. It does until the hour right now. Motto Mortgage Valor is a locally owned and operated mortgage brokerage where they can shop your loan to multiple lenders with just one credit pull. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a real estate investor looking to expand your portfolio, they have you covered. Connected to a large network of lenders and a vast selection of loan products, they can match your unique needs and qualifications with the perfect loan options available. Unlike banks and retail lenders, they have access to an expansive menu of loan products and credit scenarios to help a wider range of borrowers and investors. Motto Mortgage Valor, offering you more loan products than anyone in the area. Call 304-905-8525. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news. From the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, The Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's. Only on The Watchdog. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. It's 8.50, 10 to the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. Phone lines are open. The Frio Stack Auction Service phone line at 304-232-8255. The Frio Stack Auction Service text line at uh, 304-214-1600. Feel free to use it. Uh, This person has texted me this the last two or three days in exactly these words. Howard, it is obvious, president of WVU. Uh, You know, he has said firmly no. He being Senator Manchin has said firmly no. Listening to where his mind seemed to be at this morning, I, I I don't know that that... I, I think that's crazy, and, and that the, yeah. the the texture sounds pretty confident with that. I don't know how you could be. That's yeah. that's a fairy tale. That's never going to happen. Uh, well, once upon a time, I thought it could, but he he ruled it out completely and definitively. And and again, if you listen to what he talked about today, it, it does not strike me that that is the kind of thing he's thinking about. Hey, what do I know? You know, I'm just a guy on the radio. But but um, but continue to text me if you'd like to, and and you know what? Maybe someday you'll be right, and we'll we'll be wrong. Uh, Bob, we were talking about um, the Stone Arch Bridge, the Hump Bridge in Elm Grove is going to be under construction beginning in a couple of weeks, somewhere uh, early to mid-March. The firm date isn't set, but the general date is set. That Hump Bridge will be closed, 
and uh, traffic will be a disaster in my mind in Elm Grove. You'll have to use Lumber Avenue, Junior Avenue. The preferred detour is to bypass the, the Hump Bridge by using I-70. Get on uh, if you're uh, coming east. You need to go to McDonald's, as an example. Get off at the second exit in Elm Grove and go to McDonald's there instead of trying to go over the Hump Bridge. Uh, or if you're going the other way, you have to go all the way out to Washington Avenue and then turn around and come back. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? But I think the local traffic, and there's a lot of it, uh, and Bob and I are among the local traffic. Yeah, we're right in the middle of it. Will be uh, Lumber Avenue primarily and also uh, Junior Avenue. Uh, off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, and this is absolutely true, Bethlehem Boulevard and East Cove Avenue will be even worse than before. People are going to bypass that side of the bridge. Traffic lights should be readjusted longer. The intersection by the firehouse will make Ukrainian streets look like a better place to drive. Intersection by the firehouse. I guess they mean right there. Key Avenue, yeah, coming on to 88. And I'll say this, Howard, and and this is a prediction I hope I am dead wrong about. Somebody's going to get hurt there because there's going to be an accident because right now – it, it, some days it's impossible to make a left-hand turn or even merge to head over there to Junior Avenue. Wait till all that traffic. I can really see a serious accident there, Howard. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. But I, I travel that. I make that intersection every so single day. So you know. Day. It's I, a disaster every, already. Every single day. Um, usually, like in the mornings, I can scoot across Junior – or not Junior Avenue. I can scoot across Bridge Street and get on Junior Avenue. Uh, I would never try to come the other way. I would never try to come down Junior Avenue and get – you go over to East Cove or or anywhere. I would just because you're actually fighting three lanes of traffic, yeah. uh, 88 southbound or, or, or eastbound, west south uh, north, I think, and then you have Idabel Avenue too. Sometimes I forget up, about that. They want to come out, I and almost, then you have Key Avenue. It's a great point. I almost got slammed, and it was nobody's fault. I almost got slammed just a couple days ago by someone coming out of Idabel. I wasn't paying attention. I'm looking up the road. I'm looking across the road. I'm looking to my right. I wasn't paying attention. There was, there's someone sitting there in that Idabel Avenue. They're pulling out. Yeah, so it's this texture is absolutely right. It is really going to be a, 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 a problem. Again, if you're, it is going to be a local problem. For those who can use the interstate, and there is, it, it is a reasonable way to, if you're going to McDonald's and you're coming from Woodsdale and you want a Mickey D's, uh, just you know, go on out and get the second exit. And uh, Although, as you pointed out, Bob, I'm concerned that that will begin to back up as well. I think everything's going to back up. There's, there's going to be something no, else. It's going to be all day long. No, it'll be the times that people are coming or leaving from work, that type of thing, getting kids back and forth from school. That'll be the busy times, and I think it'll be a log jam. Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Now pitching for the men's softball team, Howard Monroe. I think they're saying you threw uh, – Easy questions. Look, here's the pitch. Another softball to Joe Manchin. <laughs> yes. Another one. Wait, all the pitches are softballs. What was the hardball? I, qu- I, I mean, I, I, it's a serious question to this listener. What was the hardball question you wanted me to ask him? Yeah, and I, I just thought it was conversation. I, I mean, I thought it was a great interview because it was just two people talking. And I didn't think you handled him any different. I think, did you press him on anything? No, because like you just said, what was there to press? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm, it's a, it is from me a serious question to this texter. What is the hardball question that I should have asked? I mean, we talked about how he came to his decision. We talked about what his plans for the future will be. Um, I, I guess today was not the day to be talking about the specifics of policy bills pending in the Senate. We will do that over the next few months. Um, 
But I, I, it's a serious question. I, I, I don't know if they were softballs. I, Bob, I often tell guests. Now, I didn't say it's a senator or manager. I frequently tell guests who are new to this show that it's not an interview; it's a conversation. That's the way I like to approach things. Most I think of, that's the great way. Most to of do the it. time, it's just a couple of people talking. I mean, I'll try to ask questions. I'll try to nail you down on things that are important in the news, what have you. But, anyways, I'm serious. I. I if they were softballs, okay, but I, I don't know what the I don't know what the hardball question was. I don't know what I should have asked that I didn't ask. And I don't know how the man could have been more sincere when he talked about the accident that his wife was in. The, the accident that his wife was very very fortunate uh, could have been really hurt bad or even taken away from the senator. I, I I think he was very sincere with us, and I think that was the. The, the main factor on his decision. He, he told us what his decision I mean, was. Again, he, he almost said, again, he repeated at the very end, and I think he used the phrase, and I'll go back and listen to the tape, exactly what he said, but something like, Howard, you're right, that was a major part of my decision. That's that exactly, was the yes. major part of the decision. Yes. You know, he'd been kicking it around. It sounds to me like he'd been kicking it around. What am I going to do? I might run, maybe not, talk about it. Probably talk to Gail and other people about it, talk to his daughter about it, and his staff, and so on. Um, and then the accident occurred. And then, again, I think anybody who who is a, who thinks about the phrase QTL, which I never heard of, he said, Howard, you know about QTL. No. Quality time left. He's certainly thinking about it. He's thinking about it now. So I, I think that it was, you know. And I believe me, I I completely understand that. You know, if, if, if um, some horrific incident happened in my life, or, you know, I, as as, as Manchin has been doing about his career, as you all know, I've been thinking, you know, how much longer do I want to do this? You know, I could hang it up. I don't have to. I want to. But Hoppy and I talked about it. Both Hoppy and I are thinking about it. We talked about it yesterday on the air. If something dramatic happened in my personal life, I think that may be, that would be the... The biggest factor. Sure. Okay, wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. I keep thinking I got time, and maybe you better take time to do more things. I even think folks my age that you know are getting really close to Social Security. You know, you have to think about that. You don't want to. Sometimes it's not a a pleasant thought. But uh, the other thing that the senator shared with us, he talked about his age. He said he's going seventy five years old, so he has to think even a little bit more than when you're in your sixties. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, um, I, it's a serious question. I would like that texture. I'm I mean this in all honesty and sincerity. Please text back. I don't have time to read it now because we're out of time. Please text back and tell me what was the hardball question that I should have asked. What should I have asked that I didn't? What did I dodge that I should have confronted head on? Well, if we get that co-ed softball team this year, Howard, you are the pitcher. I'm the pitcher. I will pitch the softballs. All right, that's it. Got to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Kirchville has the calm coming up today at 10. And uh, in the meantime, the legislative watchdogs are uh, chomping at the bit to come right on in here and take over next. Uh, Bob, you and I back together again tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Another go around of this big gig. We'll see you then, Howard.